I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. We continue down the alphabet of the Hebrew letters into the next section of eight verses in this wonderful, wonderful chapter on the Word of God. 176 verses and 172 of them have a synonym for the Word of God. Boy, the Word of God is quick, it's alive, it's sharp. It's powerful. Yeah, it's a wonderful book. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Well, I decided to title this section, He's Everything to Me. He's Everything to Me. You would probably say amen to that. He's everything to you. But the psalmist has uh, eight things that... uh, makes it so and we're going to start off with kind of a interesting one because he acknowledges something that a lot of people today don't acknowledge he says he's everything to me because he's my creator in psalm 119 verse 73 we're dealing with verses 73 to 80 he said thy hands have made me and fashioned me colon okay Now, because he's the creator, he's going to say something else in that verse. But the first thing that we see here is he gives credit to the creator. And this word, thy hands have made me, means to make. And it carries the idea of making with a distinct purpose. And God made man with a distinct purpose. And then he fashioned me. Uh, that means to set you up and make you established, to make it in a place where you are fashioned in such a way to stand, quote, as it would be on your own two feet. Now, if you think about this, uh, many people want to go to the route of evolution and say that things evolved over what we used to say was thousands of years and then it became millions of years and then it became billions of years uh, to accommodate everything we've had to keep adding years and years and years and we want to do away with the the creation story but here's the thing uh, when you deal with anything in science you have to have observation so somebody has to be there in evolution nobody was there it just occurred and we just take it by blind faith that it happened and this is the way it went when it comes to creation somebody was there God remember the questions when you get to Job chapter 40 uh, 39 40 in there he says Job where were you when I fashioned where were you when I made where were you when see 
Job wasn't there. I wasn't there. You weren't there. But God was there. So what we have is not somebody's theory of idea that this occurred. And this is our way of explaining how we got here. What we have is the one who created us, sending us the written word to tell us that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Bara. And he created it out of nothing. Ex nilo in the Greek. Out of nothing. So we look at this and we go to another psalm. Let's jump ahead to Psalm 139. God is my creator. O Lord, thou hast searched me and know me. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. He's the creator. He certainly knows everything about us. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassed me my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Now, listen to this. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? Where am I going to go to get away from you, God? Jonah needed that. If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the innermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me. What did the psalmist say? Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Back in Psalm 119, 73. What did he say in Psalm 139, 7? He said, thy hand leads me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I shall say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. You were right there. Now listen to this wonderful verse. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made hallelujah i mean god did a work and thank god for that work that is absolutely why the psalmist says he's everything to me because he's my creator if anybody understands me the psalmist is saying it's my creator he created me he knows me and therefore he understands me thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Based on him being the creator, he then says, Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. You know what he's saying? Hey, listen, I know you're my creator, therefore you have every right to command me. Therefore, I want you to command me. Give me understanding. Now, let's look at this. Because he said, thy hands have made me. That word made is in the perfect tense. He's completely made me. Then we get to, and fashion me, give me understanding. Hiphelstim, cause me to discern. Cause me to have an understanding that allows me to be uh, very discreet, that allows me to perceive, to understand, to discern. Allow me to cause that to happen. And that I may learn thy commandments, that I may have a learning curve, that there would be something that I get out of that that would show me, I want to get this, instruct me. That word learn, instruct me. Give me the understanding so I can perceive and have a discernment 
So keep instructing me in thy commandments so I can take and have a discernment of what you want. You made me, therefore your commands are what I want. You have every right to dictate who I am in you and what you want. I capitulate to you. That sounds like a good deal. Hey, we need to acknowledge Jesus Christ as our creator. And all through the scriptures over and over and over again, you will find that there is all kinds of verses everywhere from Genesis to Revelation on the creation. In fact, it's given to the credit of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. There it is. Yes, sir, He is everything to me because He's my Creator. But not only that. In verse number 74, he's my confidence. He's my confidence. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me because I have hoped in thy word. Remember, Bible hope and our hope's not the same. Bible hope has everything to do with waiting on the Lord with confident expectation of his word being true. What he says, he'll do. The old song says, he'll do what he said he would do. People that are following you and worshiping you and loving you and fear and awe and reverence, they will be glad when they see me because I am patiently waiting with expectation on you. I know you are going to do what you said you're going to do. We see here that he has a confidence. What is your confidence level in God's word? When God speaks, what is your confidence level of his speaking? If you do not know, you're going to end up having a lot of issues in your life. You need to know what it is. Listen, there is a strong testimony that he has, and the testimony that he is giving to everybody around him is, I have a great confidence in God. I have a great confidence in God's word. Thy word have I hid in my heart. There's no other word that's going to keep me from sin. My pastor told me when I got saved as a teenage boy, and of course this is a, a saying that's probably been put in a lot of Bibles by a lot of pastors, but he put in my Bible, uh, this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. What about that? That is the, the truth and the case. I have hoped in thy word. My hope is built in nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. How do I know about that? The word. How do I know about my sins? The word. How do I know about Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection? The word of God. How do I know how to live soberly, righteously, and godly in Christ Jesus? The word of God. How do I know the exceeding great and precious promises? The word of God. How do I know his commandments? The word of God. How do I know his will for my life? The word of God. They that fear thee will be glad when they see me, because I hope in thy word. Then we go to verse number 75. He's everything to me because he is my chastisement. 
Now, most people would not think that's a good thing, but the psalmist said it is. He said, I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right. The word judgments, that which he judges against a, a decision he makes for the good or for the bad that we've done. As he judges us and says, hey, that's good. You did good. If he judges us, that's not good. That's not bad. But he, what he said is, I know that thy judgments are right and that thou in faithfulness has afflicted me. I know that you've allowed this and it's because you are doing so in faithfulness. You want me to have a faithful devotion to you. You want me to be totally dependent on you. I know, O Lord, thy judgments. See, he disciplines us. He, he disciplines us, and the Bible makes it very clear. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourges every son whom he receiveth. For they verily a few days, talking about our fathers that punished us, chastened us after their own pleasure, uh, after their own pleasure, but he for our profit, that's why God does it, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. He chastens us so that we will be holy and be holy as I am holy, that we will learn from him and honestly want to live as clean as we can live for him. So we have a wonderful thing called chastisement. And that chastisement is, comes about by conviction. It starts with conviction. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things, bring all things to remembrance, whatsoever said unto you. Howbeit, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and show it unto you. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of truth. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, say the Spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, the unsaved man, mm -mm, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, neither can he know them, for they are spiritually discerned. Here's the deal. The Holy Spirit convicts us, but he also teaches us all we need to know so he can, through the Word of God, convict us. And then if we don't get right with that chastisement, then he comes into uh, to punishment and chastening until he gets our attention. The Bible says we're illegitimate. We're not real children of God if we sin and sin and sin and get away with it and there's no chastening. He is my chastisement. Thank God for his correctiveness. That's what the psalmist was saying. Then, in verse 76, he thanks God. He's everything to me because he's my comfort. Let, I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort. The word has everything to do with a comforting comforter. <laughs> the comforter is the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. If I got to go, Jesus said, if I don't go, the comforter won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. The comforter, the word comforter can, is parakletos, one called alongside to help. And it's used not only in translating the word comforter, but with a little twist in the, the uh, Greek there with the suffixes and all, it's also translated advocate. He is our 
advocate, our defense attorney. No accusation will be brought against us because the blood of Christ takes care of it. He's my comfort. So let I pray thee, thy merciful kindness be for my comfort. Let it comfort me. May I just feel that comfort unto your word. According to thy word. He said, you know why I get that comfort? Because I believe your word. I read your word. I study your word. I've got those precepts nailed. I've got those statutes engraved. I know the way. And I'm telling you, I know what you said about kindness. And I want that kindness. I pray thee, thy merciful kindness, let it comfort me. Let it comfort me. Then he goes this step further in verse 27 and says, Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I might live, for thy law is my delight. Here we see I, he's everything to me because he's my compassion. Let thy tender mercies. And again, the, the compassionate kindness of God. Come unto me that I may live. Ah, I want to live for you. The whole idea is to live a life that is pleasing to the Lord. For without faith, the Bible said it's impossible to please him. I want a life that pleases the Lord. I want my Lord to be pleased with what I'm doing for him. And he said, thy law is my delight. He said, I know that'll please you if I get into the word of God and I let it get into me and it becomes my delight. And the literal meaning of the word delight is not just the, oh, gee, it's delight. It's an enjoyment. It is a total pleasure. The word delight has that lighting up of the face. Again, my pastor, when I got saved growing up, said, if you'll get in the word of God and stay in it, it'll change the look on your face. He said, if you're having a bad day, get the word of God. It'll change your demeanor, your face. Amen. Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live for thy law is my delight. It's my enjoyment. I enjoy reading the word. I enjoy what you've told me. I enjoy it when you uh, leap off the page and tell me what to do and what not to do. I love it when you tell me about yourself. I love it when you convict. I love it when you chastise. I love it when you comfort. I love it when you console. I love it when you give me your compassions. I love your grace and I love your mercy. Amen and amen. He is really excited about the what the Word of God has opened his eyes to. He's my everything. Amen. He's my creator. He's my confidence. He's my chastisement. He's my comfort. He's my compassion. And now we look at verse 78. He's my cause. He's my cause. Let the proud be ashamed for they dealt perversely with me without a cause. They didn't have a cause to do, but I have a cause. I will meditate in thy precepts. I have a cause. So because there is a reason for me, there's a a cause. And by the way, uh, that word cause has everything to do with, uh, it's used of a lying witness. So he's saying the proud, they've dealt perversely with me, as a lying witness they didn't have a cause they just threw a lie out there but I have the truth I have the right reason I will meditate I will think I will regurgitate I will continually mull over and over and over thy words the Bible says, "Wherewithal shall among?" Or he says, "Blessed the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight." There's that word again. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, 
doth he meditate day and night. Joshua 1, 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, then thou shalt have good success. The only time the word success is used in the King James Bible. The Lord is my cause. I will meditate on his principles all the day long. I will do it. We get to verse number 79. He said, not only is he my cause in verse 78, but because of him, it's changed my companions. He's everything to me because my companions are different. Look at this. Let all those that fear thee turn unto me. That's my companions. That's who I want. Those that fear you. Those that reverence and uh, are respect and are in awe of you and get afraid when they do wrong. That, that's the one. And those that have known thy testimonies, those that know the evidence of you is true. Amen. That's what he's saying right there. He said, hey, let those who are all about you, who worship you in that, that reverential fear, turn to me. And those who understand your testimonies, they know them. They know the evidence, and they know what you've said. They know that your word is true, and they've evidenced it. And they're talking, and they're saying, this is what the, thus saith the Lord, and I know it's true. I've experienced it in my life. He said, uh, you've been so good. You're so everything to me because you changed my companions. I have a fellowship with a different crowd. I don't have the crowd I used to go to. The old song said, today I went back to the place where I used to go. Today I saw the same old friends that I used to know. And when they asked me what had happened, I tried to tell them, thanks to Calvary, I don't come here anymore. This isn't what or who I am. This is not me. I am a different person. Therefore, I am able to do this. By the way, who are you fellowshipping with? Who are your close friends? Who is it that you are next to all the time? Who is it that you're allowing to influence you to the point of changing what you normally might do? Who can get hold of you and change your mind? Here, the psalmist knows that his companions are very, very important. There are those that afflicted him. He doesn't need that crowd. There are those who are fearing the Lord like him. That's the crowd that he is happy to be around. That's the crowd he wants to be around. Paul fellowshiped in many times in the uh, New Testament with a whole lot of people. But there were times he said, uh, so-and-so did me evil. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Demas has forsaken me. But boy, there was that one that he said, uh, God bless the house of Onesiphorus, forest, for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Yeah, there was people that were right there with Paul that said, hey, listen, I'm not ashamed of where you're at. I understand what you've done. Hey, it's okay. This is going to be all right. No problem. I am with you. I'm praying for you. And though maybe you're in jail, in prison, know there's people out here that absolutely love and adore you and absolutely want to do what is right. Amen. We need to have the absolute companions that we need to have. The, the wanting of good company and having good company that has the way of the Lord, that understands God's testimonies. That's what we need. Now, he then comes to verse 80, the last of the eight verses. 
and he says, I uh, just, he's so much everything to me. My God's everything to me because he's my creator. He's my confidence. He's my chastisement. He's my comfort. Oh, he's my compassion. He's my course. He's ordered my companions. But listen to this. He's my completeness. He's my completeness. Let my heart be sound in thy statutes that I be not ashamed. You know, this is a very, very interesting word. Sound, without blemish, upright, complete, total. Amen. Totally complete. And he says, let it be. I want my heart to be sound. And I want it to be sound in thy statutes. That which I have engraven down. For us, what's been engraven down is the word of God. Genesis to Revelation. It's been engraven. Now engrave it on your heart. Let my heart be sound. Engraven in thy statutes. Take that from your word and engrave it in my heart. Again, thy word have I hid in my heart. That I may not sin against thee. It's engraven there. So when something comes up that God says is wrong, the spirit of God convicts. And thy word comes into my mind. I say, oh, that's sin. I'm not going to do that. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. He said, listen, I want my heart to be sound. I want it to be complete. I want it to be steadfast. I want it to be absolutely whole. I want it to be perfect and without blemish because I don't want to be ashamed. Being ashamed is something that the Bible talks a lot about. And there was a thing about the culture about being shamed. A lot of, a lot of truth to that. If you study that, they did, want, did not want to be shamed. And so a lot of times you'll see things that are sins that are actually called shame. The nakedness is called shame because when you're in that sin, it literally causes shame. And here we see not being sound in the very word of God can cause shame because you do not know his word. And because you don't know it, you end up doing things you should not do for two reasons. Maybe you don't know because you didn't apply a principle or you know it's kind of not right, but you didn't have enough of the word of God in you to cause you to stop, to stop. He said, man, I just want to be fully committed. I don't want to be ashamed. I want to live for you. What a thought. He's everything to me. Amen. Is he everything to you? Is he your creator? Do you, do you acquiesce to him? Is he your confidence? How about your chastisement? Is that okay? Your comfort, your compassion, your course. Is he ordering your companions? And is he your completeness? Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to be very, very careful that we are maturing in you, growing in you in the words, that we have that which you give us to put into our heart so that we will not be ashamed. But instead, in our heart, we'll be sound in the engraved word of God because it's now not only engraved in the pages of our Bible, but it's engraved in our heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. This is Pastor Walton praying that you have an absolutely awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Whoa.
believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word. You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths the radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.